to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. Oh, my goodness. Do we have a lot to talk about this morning? Oh, it's been a newsy, newsy week in the world of golf. And uh, we will get to uh, certainly something local later on when Brock Ellingson joins the show. Obviously, the Live and PGA Tour merger is going to be a huge topic this morning. But first and foremost, my in-studio guest, Matt Cook, head professional at Rose Creek. Uh, we need first. Let's talk about a little Rose Creek first, should we, Matt? Before we really get into the uh, the politics of golf here. Well, good morning, Jeff. I always love talking about golf and especially golf at Rose Creek. Yes, so, excited <laughs> to be here. Well, how are we doing at Rose Creek? Things have started out terrific. We got kind of that low, late start once again with the mm-hmm. with the weather in April. But man, May and June have been just amazing so far. And golf seems to be in a very good place, especially around the Fargo-Moorhead area. It is hopping around here. Yeah, All the is. golf courses, you know, I talked to some of the local pros, and same everywhere. It's busy. And it started, I mean, during COVID, and it's just kind of continued. That momentum has just not slowed down. Yeah. It's, you know what, it's a great sport. It's something for everybody. Um, we've got some great facilities around here. Um, so, yeah, we're excited to kind of have it being uh, an opportunity, a recreational opportunity for mm-hmm. people around here. It's been good. I feel like Rose Creek has really grown up. It's grown up. It started in 93, right? And I think is when it opened. That is correct. And obviously it was a link style and it needed some maturation, some maturity. And I think it's there. Yeah. Eric Hansen, he arrived in 2005 as the head uh, superintendent there. And he and his staff have done an amazing job. The golf course has continued to mature as far as trees getting bigger. The, mm-hmm. the overall turf grass has been much more healthy. Greens have been phenomenal. They do a really good job, and especially considering it's gotten so hard these last few years, as many people are playing, I mean, they don't have a lot of time to get their work done. So when you look at, like, projects or anything like that, boy, it's hard to kind of work around all those people. So uh, they've been a good, done a very, very good job. What kind of projects are you talking about here? Little tweaks, little little things here and there? What are we talking about? Yeah, I think for the most part, it's little tweaks. You know, you're always looking at opportunities like, you know, could we work on some bunkers? Could we work on some tees? Could we work on some drainage projects? Mm-hmm. And so just little things here and there. You know, um, I'm one that never likes to see things stay stagnant too long. So yeah. I'm always looking, how can we get approve this? How can we make this project or this golf course a little bit better as far as whether it's in conditions, whether it's in programming or whatever it might be? So I always look like drainage at number 10, that low spot. I mean, I feel like that's something you guys are always dealing with. It really has been. You yeah. know, like 10 fairway and 9 fairway in general have gotten like a lot, lot better. But mm-hmm. that kind of area in between, as far as a rough, you know, we've put in a lot of drainage in there. I think that's just an area that's just been really just filled with alkali. and It's been a tough area to kind of grow turf grass. And I don't know if the irrigation is the best over in that area. So that's always been a challenge. Mm-hmm. But I tell people, you know, if you're in the fairway, there's no issue any of those That's tools. right. <laughs> On the flip side, you guys underwent... A renovation several years ago with um, uh, Gil, uh, sorry, name. Garrett Gill. Garrett Gill, yeah. Garrett Gill and his company did a fantastic job. 
And once again, this spring, we saw the the benefits of it because I think you guys sailed through that 30-foot flood like it never existed. Yeah, it was really nice. You know, all of the cool thing about us is that all of our tees and greens on the backside are really pretty high level. You know, the only one that has any troubles is 13, is the par 3 on the far back, kind of on the northwest uh, corner of the golf course. And that one we did build a higher green some years ago, mm-hmm. so we have that as an option. But the water receded so quickly this year, and it, it really was pretty clean. We didn't have to really wash at all yeah. for the most part. And... um and so it, it turned out really, really good. So, yeah, just, um, you know, still had a late start due to the weather, but the flood didn't really impact us a lot. Matt Cook, the head professional at Rose Creek, joins us on the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak coming to you from 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. On that particular dial, 740thefan.com is where you can get the podcast anytime, all year, 24 hours a day. The golf show come to you from Gunderson Jewelers Studio in Fargo. You guys are hosting the Roger Maris, not only a nine-hole, but an 18-hole event, which again, is, is is a big deal. It's a part of Roger Maris All-Star Week. Yeah, they've continued to kind of tweak that event just a little bit, especially since Sanford's taken it over. Uh, we did the nine-hole uh, competition over at Osgood, I think, the last year or two. Mm-hmm. And with them just going to an afternoon shotgun at Rose Creek, we thought, hey, why don't we just take all of our resources, move it to one location, we'll do a nine-hole in the morning at Rose Creek and an 18-hole in the afternoon. Um, so we're really excited. It should be another great turnout once again. I think they've got a few celebrities coming on in, which will be kind of exciting. Um, it's always a fun day, and I think yeah. they do a good job as far as uh, raising a lot of money for some Well, Sanford, when Sanford took that over, I think, obviously took it to a whole another level. Ken Griffey Sr., Goose Gossage, Cordell Volson, Rocky Cruiser. I, I think uh, there's probably a few others going to be mixed in there too. But uh, do you feel like this uh, the tournament, they have to evolve, don't they, to continue to exist? God, we're on the 39th annual already. Yeah, you know, I don't think, you know, from what I've heard, you look at a lot of events like this, and they just don't have that kind of duration. They Mm -hmm. don't last this long. You know, um, there's a lot of individuals now, as far as they're growing on up, that may have never really heard of Roger, you know. Uh, It's a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet for us a little bit older, (laughs) I certainly remember his legacy. And um, it is terrific. And so you do. I think you have to evolve a little bit um, and try to bring those people to the table, bring mm-hmm. in sponsor dollars. And I think they've been doing a great job with that. The whole the whole week sounds like so much fun. And that's kind of what they've done is just made a whole week of it, you know, a sports week. And that's what's really neat about it. How do you prep for a nine hole and an 18 hole on the same day? Is that taking a little extra, uh, extra deal? That's two events in one day. It almost feels like a breeze now because, you know, in the old <laughs> days we would have a Sunday morning shotgun well, and then true, yeah. both a Monday and Monday afternoon, all the three of those were 18-hole events. So it's uh, it should go really well, I believe. Um, there's some other things kind of uh, going around it too. Um, so, yeah, it, just should be, mm-hmm. it should be it'll be a lot of fun. And after that, you are part of the WDAY coverage that we're going to do with the Red River Amateur. We've done that now, what, two, three years. You and I trying to play our best uh, Dottie Pepper out on the course. So. Uh, but we're doing that again this year, June 23rd to 25th at the Mord Country Club. Uh, Matt's going to be on the on the Comrex, as we say, UI, and who else is going to Chris Larson. Yes. Back again. I really enjoy that, it, just being out on the course, and and uh, it flows. Dom's going to host again with, with Greg McCullough. It's, uh, I think we got that down, and it's, it's a lot of fun. I hope people tune in. So uh, do you enjoy doing that? It's something different. I mean, it, a little odd. To me, it's a little out of the comfort zone of TV, but I, I've gotten used to it. Yeah, you know, you you kind of, as I've grown up and watched golf, you know, as far as on TV, and, you know, they make it look so easy, so you kind of go <laughs> into it, and you're like, wow, this is kind of a little different. It's a little harder than I thought it would be. 
and you know, I think uh, I don't have any problem talking, and <laughs> so I think mm-hmm. um, it, uh, it it was it was a lot. It was very enjoyable. It was just kind of like trying to kind of feel your way around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that's such a great tournament. They've done such a good job over there of getting that thing rolling. And talking about, like, the Maris evolving, this was, you know, kind of basically like the old KX. And so this has right. evolved as well to where, boy, you are really getting some great male and female competitors. And so I look forward to not only being on the course doing that role, but i just looking forward to just watching great competition. And we have some amazing players within our region. Well, you learn some of the tricks of the trade because when you look at these major telecasts, you look at CBS, the Golf Channel, and they go out to the course, and 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 the on-course reporter goes, uh, "Yeah, he has an eight iron, or she has a seven iron." You're wondering, okay, how do they figure it out? Well, I figured out now that they get those signs from the caddies yes. and say, you know, okay, uh, as they're getting ready, it's six iron. And so now, then, I whatever foursome I'm going to follow, I'm going to if they have a caddy, hopefully, because you're not going to ask, "Hey, Bob, what are you shooting? What do you got? <laughs> what do you got in your hand?" You know, uh, but uh, yeah, so the, hopefully the caddies tip you off and things like that. That is kind of nice, and uh, it is fun talking with the caddies a little bit, kind of finding out a little bit maybe what's going on as far as their players and their thoughts. And, you know, I also had a greater appreciation for, like, the production teams. You know, you yeah. you got to kind of deal with a lot of things. You know, we went through some weather issues on out there and trying to combat some of those and how we're going to pull this off. And so it's uh, there's a lot going on there, and uh, I know that they've done a really good job of pulling that off and made that quite a show. Yep. What else do you have going on at Rose Creek this summer? You got the Maris. You got you got them. You got a lot of events. Are you guys sold out on events? You know what? We pretty much are all the way through early October. Wow. Um, we okay. we try to put in one big event per week. Mm-hmm. You know, we also have a very very strong women's program, and men's program. So we do have a lot going on during the week, and of course. Um, the weekends are always busy, so we try yeah. to kind of keep away from doing anything there. We just came off this weekend of hosting the North Dakota State Four Ball. That was a ton of fun because mm-hmm. we had players from all the way Williston, Dickinson, Minot, Bismarck, Grand Forks, of course the Fargo Moorhead area, yep. and just some of electrifying golf. You know, and so that was a lot of fun watching that as well. You make the course as tough as possible then when you have a tournament with the best players in the state. You, you try know, to set it up like that? You know, day one, I think we just tried to make it very fair, but I did try to make some of the par threes very, very accessible. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is they had one of their games they ran, it had a $3,300 pool for the <laughs> hole-in-one. And our Fargo's uh, Edgewood's uh, member, Scott Sorvag, yeah. former assistant, yep. knocked one in on number 11. No way. Day. He did. I never I never got the memo that he's buying beer. Yeah, he's probably kept that quite secret. <laughs> yep, so he made the hole-in-one on, on Saturday, $3,300. So Sunday morning, I'm talking to Scott, and I said, Scott, if these hole locations are a little brutal on the par threes, I'm owing it all to you because <laughs> you made that hole-in-one, therefore I made it tough on day two. So, so it tees way back, the, the pin... Up high or to the left by the by the fringe, we made it not so accessible on some yeah. of those anyway. And the scores, you know, some of it's probably just you know a lot of times day one you might see some good scores. Day two, it seems like a lot of the scores are a little bit higher. Um, but uh, what a great tournament! Like I said, some great players. There's also another a great event, a hole in one, a great shot, I guess, on a par four. Koi Papacek uh, nailed one from 454 yards. We're going to talk. We're going to hook up with Koi. We're going to get to that right after this. back. This is the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak brought to you by Michelob Ultra. As always, coming to you from 740 The Fan. 
in the Gunderson Jewelers studio. Matt Cook is the in-studio guest, head professional at Rose Creek. Happened to, uh, I guess, confirm, Matt, a 454-yard hole-in-one by one Koi Papachik just uh, a week or two ago, which is one of the most amazing holes-in-one I've ever heard. And Koi is kind enough, too, to join us probably from Arizona. I don't know where you're at, Koi, but good morning. How are you? Good morning, Jeff. Yep, down in Gilbert, Arizona. Gilbert, Arizona. That uh, you're back for the the long weekend on the on the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I know you've told this story a thousand and eight times. Let's joke for a thousand nine times. But uh, you step to the tee, and what happens? Yeah. So uh, you know, playing the black at uh, Rose Creek number two, and um, a little bit downwind. Usually, when it's downwind, like twenty twenty to thirty, probably somewhere in there. Usually try to cut the corner and um, get a high fade over the, the trees there. And we saw it kind of end short right of the bunker. I actually knew I could get it there because the day before I hit it past the rain from the blues, which is probably about 30 yards um, <laughs> up. And um, we were looking, 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 like, oh, it's by this tree. Couldn't find it. And uh, after about probably three to four minutes, um my sister yells from the green, just drop one, let's go. <laughs> She's and getting a little so, irritated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I dropped one, chipped up, and uh, as I'm walking up, she, she looked in the hole, and um, she's like, there's a ball in here. <laughs> and I'm like, no way. Whose is it? Um, she pulls it out. It's my Tyler's fourth, the Wildflower logo. Yeah, uh, this is no ordinary titles for. This has got the logo. This is, I mean, that's confirmed. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, that's like, you know, it obviously had some, like, stuff on it from being used the whole round. So it's like, wow, that's, that's actually my ball, you know? like. <laughs> and from there, you know, I was just kind of, like, shocked. Like, how did that happen? Um, we uh, we initially thought, you know, there was a group of guys behind us that we knew that would have been, like, kind of around one tee at the time like oh no they're messing with us you know we put it in the hole or whatever because mm-hmm. um, we're like there's no way it went in like that's we thought it was impossible you know um and so we actually on hole three no we were on hole five there on hole three we we drove back and saw them on the fairway and just confirmed the story mm-hmm. um like no man we would never do that to you like that's amazing and uh, congratulations, obviously. So we 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 actually invited them over to the house after we have some drinks after. But <laughs> and, and then I said, you know, there's there's a solo that they let through, but he would have been on the tee when you know it, it probably happened. And so we confirmed with that guy that um, he allegedly saw the ball go in the hole. Mm-hmm. So we went back and talked to him and just kind of confirmed the story. And he's like, yeah, man, we thought, he thought it was like the second shot. Uh, (laughs) Or for me, third shot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, A a hole in one on a par four. Did you have to pay double? Did you have to double the beers or what did you do? Well, unfortunately the, uh, the 19th hole is closed up top. Well, fortunately, I guess for me, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, we're going to meet those guys up there and, Mm -hmm. um, we're going to buy them around. And yeah, it was, uh, they were supposed to close like ten, but they were closed to like nine. So um, by the time we were done, they were they were already closing up. So we just went over to my parents' house at hole one and had some drinks and um, had a good time. And then I actually went to celebrate a little bit downtown. But mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I can't I can't confirm it's double. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, Koi Papachik is the guest, 454 yard hole in one at Rose Creek. And Matt Cook, that's got to be, uh, you're never going to see this again, I don't think. There's a nice wind behind you, too. We should probably mention that. Yeah, you know, I don't know if, um, at first I thought that we might have had like a, a hole in one on a par four. I was, yep. for some reason, I, I thought I recalled one, but after talking to several people, I'm not saying it hasn't happened out there, but I now I can't find any evidence we ever had a hole-in-one and a par-four out at Rose Creek before. Well, even on six? Well, I know that we've had boatloads of eagles. A lot of people, of course, have knocked it down there before, but I, I don't have any confirmation that anybody's actually huh. aced uh, any of the other par-fours just yet. So to do this, you know, like on one of our, well, definitely our most longest par-four and yeah. probably the most one of the most difficult, that and five are both really kind of challenging, was quite a, remarkable, you know. And um, just, you know, like a hole-in-one itself, I think the odds makers say are about 1 in 12,500. Well, this is an albatross, so this is basically <laughs> a 1 in a par 4. Yep. I think they say it's like almost 1 in 6 million. So that was quite a feat, you know. And yep. I think most people kind of, and quite described it very well as far as how he hit that shot. It's just like, man, you know, how do they, does he run it through the bunker? How does he hit it? And, you know, and, and I think if, I, if I'm correct, Coy, that was probably a front-left hole location that day. So it did allow you a little bit of an access to kind of, you know, hit it up there and maybe either run it up or land it on. And I don't think so. Was it, Coy? I think it was top back right. Yeah, it was actually back right. Okay. Which, um, it must have started to the right of the bunker and then kind of utilized those hills um, to kick a little bit left. Um, like I said, we don't know exactly how it happened just because it was so far away, but um, it got there somehow. So, and Is that your I, first hole-in-one, Coy? No, I've actually I've had two on current hole 13 um it used to be hole four because it was like on mm-hmm. the 12 and then i said i have one on two on that hole i guess what's been the reaction yeah. what's been the reaction of friends or have you heard from i thought maybe you'd hear from a national media outlet here and there because it's so rare yeah i mean it's just been like mostly obviously you know congratulations and happy for me and there's been some that are just like I can't believe it. It's not possible. Um, which that was honestly kind of me to begin with. I'm like, how, how does that even happen? You know, never dreamt of a day that would be the whole I'd ace at Rose Creek, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but mostly just support and saying, oh, that's, you know, super cool and awesome. And, um, yeah, they're like, you, you come back for a, a long weekend at home and you're already make the paper. <laughs> How how far do you usually hit a drive, Koi? In general, what's a what's a good drive for you? Without the wind, um, I usually talk carry. You know, I probably carried anywhere in that three hundred to three twenty range. Okay, and then depending on conditions, um, you know, because on a firm day or in Arizona, the summer, you know, you can hit it four hundred easily. It's rolling sixty yards. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, in that case, downwind probably flew it about. Get a high fade, probably split about three forty, um, and then it's pretty firm over there because that's kind of right by the cart path, and I think some carts drive over there. Wow, um, of the, that's amazing. So. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, I I hit the ball, never expected it to go in. You know, I, I've gone over there a million times. Um, I think we calculated probably about four hundred ish on a direct line. True. Not quite the four fifty yeah. okay. four the uh the card says, but um 
Well, that makes it a little yeah. more realistic then. Yeah. It's only 400. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> right, only 400. That brings in another exactly. bike, a uh, tenth of a percentage of people that can do it. Well, we got to wrap this up. Coy, uh, congratulations again. Thanks for telling your story, and uh, look forward to, uh, let's hook up when you get back. Perfect. Thanks. Oh, you guys are drinking. That's great. That's Koi Papachik from Arizona. A 454-yard hole-in-one. That's incredible. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show. Matt Cook in studio. When we come back, boy, do we have some uh, we have some some golf to talk about. So stay with us. Just aim it at that trap. It'll curl right back. You've got a slice like a sickle. It's a brass wedding ring, a dependable thing, though I wouldn't give you a nickel. You'll have one time. We're back. This is the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan, bringing you statewide North Dakota into Manitoba, South Dakota, Western Minnesota. Got a, quite the range. Fifth largest AM signal in the country. Show coming to you from the Gunderson Jewelers studio. Matt Cook is the guest, head professional at Rose Creek. Uh, this this is an evolving story. The, the the merger, the proposed merger, I think it's going to happen, of the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, and the Live Tour, Matt. Um, as we sit here, where do you stand on all of this? Well, I tell you, I'm going against everything that I believe in, because I said before I was not going to talk about Live ever again. But, <laughs> <I know laughs> but I'll do it just for right. you, Jeff. You know, uh, I got the initial... Re- um, word yesterday a friend of mine had texted me while i was on the golf course watching my daughter play in the sections over minnesota and Mm -hmm. it was um i I couldn't believe it i mean i was i was really shocked first of all because i would have never seen that coming i mean i just thought there was that deep deep wedge there's no way that we would see a merger between the pga and live and uh you know as i as i right away started kind of getting into it looking at some of the stories trying to find out a little bit more details which there still isn't like a lot of details it's kind of it's got that framework out there right now Mm -hmm. um there's just so it's a complex situation. It just seems like there is so many layers to this to kind of wrap your head around. Um, you know, right away on the surface, right away, I was kind of disappointed, confused, almost thinking like, man, you know, Jay Monahan, what a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's going, it's like 180 degree towards that moral argument that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seemed, it was just nuts. And with all the legal battles going on, I was like, <laughs> This, this has got to be one of those, you know, fake news stories or something yeah, on out there right. or whatever, that there was no way. So that was, it was, it was crazy. I was amazed and really almost shocked, not only by the announcement, but really the lack of details. Even after Monaghan met with the players at the RBC, they had a players only meeting and seeing the reaction of the players when they came out of it, it's like, well, all we really heard was this started seven weeks ago between a select few people I, I'm going to wait, okay? I, I need to wait and and let this play out before I really start bashing it all together. Not a Live fan. I have never have been. I don't like what it stands for. And people go, well, United States does business with Saudi Arabia. Well, I guess I don't have to like that either. You know, I, I don't, there, there's issues with that country. And so um, I, I guess I, I got to wait a little bit for, for my total reaction, but... I got to believe that the PGA Tour will be okay in this, and it will be the PGA Tour. I The live was out of sight, out of mind, man. I, so I'm the same way. If if, you, <laughs> if we would have been having this discussion immediately after I received that, mm-hmm. I would have probably said a few things I'd probably wish I would have taken back. <laughs> because, yeah, it. I think, like I said, there is so many layers. It's very complex. I think it has been talked a little bit about. I know that... <laughs> You know, sometimes some of these things, I suppose, with confidentiality and whatever else, 
and probably having some small select numbers of people that have some voice maybe was maybe the correct thing to go about at first. But boy, as a player and stuff like that, you'd have to kind of feel a little bit like, man, I just got stabbed in the back. I mean, there's yeah. some people that passed on a Tom Hoagie load of gave money. up a lot of money. He did. Yep, exactly. And so um, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I there's I think there's some opportunities here where this could be a very 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 good thing for golf moving forward because put it, I mean, tours got players. Venues, majors, branding, marketing, mm-hmm. and PIF or Live has cash. Lots <laughs> and lots right. and lots of cash. And that cash can do a lot of things. And so I hope that in this whole thing, this, once they get this framework and the details start coming on out, that if they're going down this direction, I hope it's very, very positive for golf as a whole. And I mean that, you know, from the viewers. I would love to see the LPGA have a big part in this as well because that's the mm. one thing I think the LPGA is really missing out on is cash because I think that market, I'm telling you, that that is getting to be such a good product and people just don't probably even know about it because still we don't get a chance to see it a whole lot. We don't get to read about it a whole lot. We don't get to find out all the details like there is as far as a PGA because they do not have the money at this point. You well, need money to market it and they don't have that. And if we could get someone like these guys to infuse that as well, that also would be great as far as globally to get more and more. That's an angle we haven't heard of Was is the LPGA. Nobody's brought that up. I think, you know, with all the atrocities over there as far as Saudi Arabia that we a lot of people think morally object to, I think, you know, bringing the LPGA on this deal I think would do a lot. I think at least to kind of at least ease some of the pains, you know, mm-hmm. as well as many others. But um, I'm just hoping with all this money, and I think Jay's a smart guy, hopefully he figures this on out. I don't know. There's going to be a lot of questions on out there. Hopefully like, he has figured it out. He's not flying by the old seat of the pants here. I, I Hopefully he, he knows that, you know what, you can do a lot with money. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully do the correct things. And it's not just going back to 50 guys on the tour. Because um, that's what I fear. Here's what I don't want. And if this happens, for God's sakes, then I will go ballistic. But can we please not have team golf as part of this deal? <laughs> That is the biggest, fraudulent, stupidest, dumbest thing ever. We don't care about team, other than the Ryder Cup, other than the obvious, other than the, than the established team competitions. We don't care if Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, and whoever's on his team do, you know, they beat this other team. We don't care. No, you're exactly right. I think it's been proven over and over in some of the other events. It just has not been something I don't think it's been really worthy of, of watching. And even the President's Cup has been kind of down overall for the most part. So there usually is just one event that people really, really look forward to that the mm-hmm. ratings are always going to be really big, and that is the Ryder Cup. And so I think um, the music is all cute and all, wearing shorts all neat. But yeah. you know what? No cut. We don't like no cut tournaments either. No. We, we love it when players, that's what I love about the PGA, LPGA, and DP is you earn your way, man. You earn it. You tee up on Thursday, there is no guarantee. And I think we love that battle and that quest to A, make the cut, and B, play well on the weekend. All that's right. just Americans, right? That's it us. Is. That's it hard is. working. Compete, and that's exactly right. And that was one of my biggest things. Obviously, I, I don't agree with some of the politics and some of the things that are going on beyond. But that being said, my biggest thing was I can't believe that these guys just don't want to compete. It's like, why would Dustin go on over there? Why? Yeah. Would, and I, I get the money deal, but I mean, with someone like Dustin Brooks, um, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, guys, come on. You're going to make a boatload of money here, more money than you're ever going to need. Go compete. Win majors. You know, win PJ tournaments and They'd elect to go otherwise. And yep. so I'm hoping, like you said, that this continues to be very similar to what's going on now as far as the PJ Tour, that we have those opportunities for the individuals, not just the top 50, but others. And 
He is Matt Cook. He's a head professional at Rose Creek. Been there since, how long have you been there now? Since 2005. Since 2005. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the golf show on 740 The Fan. I want to spend a, you mentioned the LPGA Tour, and I want to spend the last few minutes of our segment here on LPGA and Amy. And talking with Amy, she was a big proponent of trying to get the purses in the LPGA more equally dispersed, meaning the winners do okay, but those who finish in the 30th, 40th in that area, it's hard to make a living. I mean, you it is really hard to make a living. Maybe this merger with Liv will help that in somehow, some way, some regard. But I think with her, there's there's just not that that sustainability for the players if you don't win. Yeah, very much so. I mean, um, I, I, when I was talking with her, I don't know what the percentage is, but I think there's quite a few women that literally are like almost going into debt. I mean, big mm-hmm. time in doing this. You almost have to hope that maybe someone's got some deep pockets in your camp that as far as going to support you so you can kind of be out there and just do what you need to do as far as to try to continue to compete and play well. Um, but, yeah, the, there's a huge, huge disparity as far as between the men's tour and the women's tour. And like I said, I think there could get more money infused there, but they've got to be able to brand it. They've got to be able to market it. And to do that, you need money, and they just haven't had that. So. Yeah, you can make the cut in an LPGA tournament, finish in a tie for 48th, and lose money on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So that's just you just can't keep doing that. I think over the long haul, Amy. Speaking of her, uh, I don't know if I've told you this, but I will be traveling to Pebble Beach to cover the U.S. Women's Open. Congratulations! Yeah, uh, with uh, Amy, I, I think it's going to be a national story. She'll be seven months pregnant by then, and for an athlete to compete at that level, you know, in 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 expecting a child is it's a rare thing. I, I think one of the Williams sisters did it. I haven't really looked it up, but. Uh, what what a great thing for her and her family to to be able to do this. I I think it's just awesome. Yeah, I know when I talked to her dad, Mark, the other day, um, ran to him, and I know that she was really, really looking forward to that. And what a great opportunity for the LPGA Tour to go out there and play at Pebble Beach. And that's the other thing that's really cool, too, is opening some more of these venues to to that tour as well. Right. Have you been to Pebble Beach? I have not. Be on my bucket list. It is. What, what is a bucket list for you for golf courses? You know, what, I, what What have you knocked off and what's a bucket list? I've had an opportunity to play several of the courses that have had majors, which is kind of cool. So mm-hmm. I played down like Bell Reeve and Hazeltine. Uh, been out to some of the destinations like Pinehurst and um, Bandon Dunes, and those mm-hmm. were all awesome. Uh, I would love to get out and play Pebble sometime, which I've not done yet, and I have not traveled abroad yet. So I would love to get over to Ireland and Scotland and play sometime as well because I, I think that would just be just amazing. Kind of hard when your kids are playing all over the state and up in the upper Midwest. Yeah, I've got my, my last one's a sophomore right now, so a few yeah. more years, and maybe me and my wife got a few years of work and just yet. Hopefully after we retire, we're still in fair enough shape where we can do a little traveling. So I'm looking forward to that. When you watch your kids play, are you – more dad, more coach. How do you handle that balance? I, I've asked Dave Schultz that too. When he's got three daughters, I go, "How, how are you going to be when they come up?" You know what? I honestly, I, with Sophie, my daughter, who's a sophomore, she plays out at Holly. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of lo- really look at it as far as the philosophy. She's only a sophomore, and I say, "You know what? This is kind of like a school year." I said, "Like all these HOL events you played, and these are like little mini exams." Subsection, section, once again, they're kind of exams. It's an opportunity for you to kind of evaluate what's going on, what's going wrong, and then go ahead and address those. And, you know, the ultimate goal for her as far as in the spring season would be playing in the state tournament, which she'll be going to next week in Jordan, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm overall pretty relaxed. Yesterday morning I was a little nervous because uh, her opening group, it was her uh, and a girl from this Anna Jerkis from Fergus Falls and Anna Ekman from Park Rapids, three high, uh, really good players. They had 14 birdies and an eagle between the three of them in that first uh, round at Bemidji mm-hmm. and combined five under between the three. 
that was kind of a little nerve-wracking and exciting at the same time. So <laughs> I, I kind of play the the role as far as truly just spectator and try to soak yep. it in and enjoy the good golf around here. Yep. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Thank as you, always. Jeff. That's Matt Cook, head professional at Rose Creek. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Fargo-Shanley head coach Brock Ellingson, he has some news to share. Stay with us. I saw you slam your club in anger and took the grass off its edge. I saw you look at me in wonder. Welcome back. Final segment of the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak, 740 The Fan Statewide, South Dakota, Manitoba, into Minnesota, 107.3 on the FM dial, 740thefan.com. Uh, thanks again, Matt Cook. Uh, always a great guest and, and a great ambassador of golf, head professional at Rose Creek. I have a feeling the, the PGA and live stuff is going to live on for quite a while. And um, stay tuned for that, and we'll see what happens with that. We shift the gears a little bit to um, to high school golf for a bit anyway. Brock Ellingson is the head coach at Fargo-Shanley. And kind of have to take a few minutes this morning. Uh, Brock, you, you have some news. First of all, good morning, and, and what's going on in your life these days? Yeah, Jeff, thanks for having me on. Um, I have to um, step down as the head coach at Shanley. Um, I've accepted a role to be the next head coach at MSUM um, for their women's program. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a tough decision for me because I really, you know, enjoyed my time with the Shanley golf team. Um, I've been there five years, one under Don Johnson. Uh, there was a COVID year mixed in there as well. And then I had two years of coaching under Adam Granis at Davies and you know, you make a lot of good memories. So the toughest part is telling those kids that I'm done, you know, cause mm-hmm. you get to be around them so often and um, you make great rapport with the kids. And so that part's going to be tough, but I am really excited to see what I can do at the next level. Yeah. Before we look ahead, Brock, uh, let's look back a little bit. What stands out for you coaching the Shanley Deacons? Yeah. Just l- going back, um, just the time with the kids, you know, you, you, get to spend so much time with them and I really appreciate everything that they've done. And, you know, they give up, they give you their best efforts each and every day and just seeing them from start to finish, how long they come. And then, you know, we, we make them into well-rounded humans uh, when they, when they leave the program. So I'm proud of that. Let's look ahead. You're taking over for Chelsea McGinnis. She's been there 12 years at MSUM and time for a change. What appealed to you to the college game? What's uh, what's what's the what's the allure here? Well, so it's always been kind of on my radar as something that I wanted to uh, do once I got into high school coaching. Um, I kind of like the aspect of recruiting. Um, I haven't done any of that, so it'll all be a new experience for me. But you know, getting to recruit your own players and come into a system is kind of a cool concept for me. So I'm looking forward to that, and then. You know, the college game, um, I've been around it. I played two years of college golf, so um, that's what kind of instilled my love for it. And so I'm excited to um, kind of flip the culture and um, make uh, MSUM somewhere that people want to go. Yeah, I want to talk about flipping the culture a little bit. Um, look, Just looking at the stats, the Dragons were 12th out of 13 teams in the Northern Sun Intercollegiate Conference Tournament this year. Obviously, some room for improvement here. What steps do you have to take? How do you have to start ramping up this program to uh, to contend for a title? Yeah, I just want to get in there and have a little bit more organization and structure. Um, it, you know, it starts with the everyday um, practice and working with the strength and conditioning team and um, g- 
getting a really good um, foundation set so that we can make um, big improvements early on. New Minnesota State Morehead women's golf coach Brock Ellingson is a guest. We're coming to you from the Gunnarsson Jewelers studio in Fargo. Uh, Steve Kennedy took this route. Obviously, he was the boys coach at Fargo South, very successful for many years. Now the head men's coach at North Dakota State made a similar transition, Brock. Do you tap into him? What did you see in how he uh, went from high school to college? Is there something you could take from that? Yeah, so I got to play for him for three years, and he's been a big mentor for me, so I plan to um, chat with him and um, get some help in this process. But um, he he was really successful at the high school level, lots of good players, and then um, he's had a lot of competitive players come into NDSU, and they've been really good the last few years. So um, it was a smooth transition for him. It might have been a little rough early on, but he's he's laid the foundation, and things are going really well on his end. So um, I really plan to use him as a resource, and then um, we'll see if we can get that going at MSUM. Yep, and you're still going to retain your teaching job at Shanley, is that correct? Yeah, correct. Yep. So. The, the seasons overlap. That's what's making me have to step down from the high school positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, we'll be competing in the fall and spring, but right. I will be staying in my teaching role at Sacred Heart and Shanley. How do you recruit? What's the what's the recruiting fr- footprint? How do you get out there? How do you get players? Yeah, so I plan to go and watch some local golf. I mean, we got a lot of talent in the area, and I, I plan to head over to Minnesota and tap into that um, as well. But, you know, just building a relationship with the uh, with the athlete early on, um, letting them know that you're interested is going to be my plan of attack. And then I have a lot of connections with the EDC coaches and stuff with the last few years. So I plan to really utilize those, them in the process as well. And hopefully we can get some good kids coming in through the program. Do you have a decent budget? Does that need to improve? Uh, it, it takes, it takes funds too. I mean, you, you know, it's not a, you're not donating your time here. Yes. Uh, so the the funds that we have discussed, you know, in the in the last few years has not been up to what they would like. Mm-hmm. Um, he he has explained to me that we're going to try to improve that each year and put some money into the program. So I think that'll help us with this process as well. Give me so I, I didn't even know much about the Dragon program to be honest, and I'm just being upfront here because I don't know they just maybe weren't out there in the public eye. And so I, I think there's a lot of room for improvement here, and I, I, I'm just going to start with the on the um, on the awareness factor and 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 success, right? I mean, how do you get out? I mean, get out and promote your program. Yes, so I plan to do that. So I've been in um, charge of the, you know, uh, at the high school level of our Twitter accounts and um, social media, and right. I plan to you know get the word of mouth out there so that people know that this is a place that they want to take their talents to and play at the college level. So I plan to um, improve that and just get the word out there that, um, you know, things are changing and for the better and it's a place that you want to be. You guys able to travel, going to go south once or twice, going to be able to do that? Yeah, so um, I'm actually meeting next week with the guy that will let me know more information regarding that, but I uh, as of right now, we're committed to three tournaments, and there's plans to get um, up to about seven or eight. We have 21 competition days allowed in there, so um, I will be hammering that out next week, trying to finalize our, our schedule for this upcoming season. 
Well, um, best of luck, Brock. I, I know, um, uh, you know, there, there's always new challenges around the corner, and you're going to be missed at Shanley. I know that. You guys had some great teams, some great players. I, um, that, that could be tough. I mean, you had a Mr. Golf last year. Yes. Yeah, we've had some really good players over the years at Shanley. Um, we just wrapped up a state tournament this year, and his younger brother, Zach, um, as a junior, he just got second place. Um, so he had a really good tournament. Uh, you know, he had a couple putts that didn't go his way. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I think, you know, if he makes those putts early on, I think he, he would have been right in the mix um, down the stretch, and it would have changed things a little bit in the last four to five holes. Um, but he was happy with the second place finish, and um, he was even par for both days. So it was a good experience. And yeah, it's it's tough leaving Shanley because I love everything about the program, but it's just a um, opportunity for me to move on to the next level that I I couldn't pass up right now. Thanks, Brock. Stay in touch. Yeah, thank you, Thanks. Jeff. Thanks for having me on the show. That's new uh, Dragons head women's coach Brock Ellingson. That'll do it for this edition of the Golf Show. Thanks again to Matt Cook, Rusty Papachik, and again, Brock, and good luck on the next venture. This is Jeff Kopak. Until next week, hit him straight.